so fucked off today. I've been dying today all day. What's new? It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it's on a <laughs> so <laughs> I just on an unprecedented level today, though. I couldn't even fucking get it together to figure out a topic ahead of time, and I couldn't figure one out while we were here. Didn't yeah, bring the notebook. I could still can't figure it out. So instead, we just watched like two hours of unsolved mysteries. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mysteries. All right, so let's go around the room real quick. Ao, Ab, Zach, Andy. Um, yeah, so here we are. And uh, as Andy put it earlier, uh, few answers, but tremendous number of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Even though many of the updates did bring conclusive, uh, you know, endings to the stories, but at the same time, uh, there was a lot still left to ponder. They also opened up new questions in many cases. Certainly. Uh, what? Uh, when did you first see Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, I mean, it must have been when I was five or four or something. It was just on TV. Yeah. What right was before, th- like, Rescue 911 or something. Uh, what? What was the feeling for you? Kind of a dread, terror kind of <laughs> combo. Um, this is what's waiting for me beyond my it, childhood. Yeah, it just put chills into my spine. And nowadays, whenever I hear that music, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Hell yeah. I had a very similar experience with it. And yeah. I remember the urgency of the mysteries needing to be solved yeah. uh, really gripping me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like <laughs> these things, like thing, it was like things happen that can't be explained. That was a very novel concept, concept yeah. yeah. That concept bothered me so much as a child. <laughs> I think, yeah, as, as an adult, you see that call for action, the, uh, you know, like, if you know, if you have any information, please reach out. You, you see that as just like, oh, they're, you know, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But as a right. kid, you're like, I need this. He's talking to me. Yeah. I, <laughs> how can I solve this mystery? This is a project of everyone. This is everyone's concern. Yeah, you don't, you don't understand the idea of like a, uh, like a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Yeah, or the the relationship between like a telecaster and and the the hordes of people that watch a television show. Right. So basically, it's this this old man in a trench coat coming into your house every day and telling you spooky stories and asking you or demanding that you solve them. It's terrifying. <laughs> it would I be can, a better world imagine. if you could solve them, though. Like I'd be into that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I never watched this show as a kid. I feel like maybe I was saved from from some unneeded anxiety. Yeah, there were profoundly, profoundly disturbing moments. Uh, yeah, we uh, saw a bunch of them today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? What guy? What? Oh, I'm dying. Literally, physically. <laughs> I died. Uh, what is your? Uh, well, what sticks out to you? We watched, how many did uh, we watch? Seven, yeah, eight what stories? It, was it? Yeah, kind of jumped around. We watched um, We watched the, the poor young man with the I, low IQ who burned right. down the house. That one was like yeah. really tough because it wasn't really, I don't know if you could really say it was unsolved. No. Like it, <laughs> it was clearly solved, but. Uh, it was just the system officially, failing yeah, on a Officially ignored. <clears throat> like a guy wrong, wrongfully imprisoned for murdering yeah. an old lady. There was a couple of those where it was like, the reason it's an unsolved mystery is because of just utter incompetence on the part of like law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, true. That was a lot of it. <laughs> there was a sad story about a, a woman who the police oh, kept man. thinking was hurting herself yeah, until another... she allegedly killed herself. That one might have been the, the roughest for me because it, that one seemed the clearest that it was just like right. her ex-husband perpetrating some shit on her and like yeah, no, they, no one would believe her. They start out the story by saying she was recently divorced and started getting angry calls and right. then they never go back to the 
yeah. ex. They don't interview the husband, ex-husband. No. They, they don't talk about the ex-husband. No, right. The police don't address anything about the ex-husband. Yeah. He, uh, the show's it's all only, good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> the show's yeah, only not addressing it because the police never did. Like, there's yeah. just nothing. Yeah, and she just he repeatedly shows up, like, mangled in her house or, like, on the side of a road mysteriously, and the police is only deduction based on that evidence is like oh she must be doing it to herself yeah she, she has multiple multiple personality, personality yeah. disorder yeah. which is like dude i wish i could just get away with giving that kind of like dog shit answers at my job right, <laughs> right. like how much power is that yeah, i would get fired immediately yeah. yeah i was like i don't know dude like i guess there's two computer programs that yeah. are like competing i, I don't know it's like the pop it's co- yeah it's, it's like the Chappelle pop copy yeah. skit where he's just like yeah, I don't know. We we just have PCs here, and they're like, "Oh, it's Mac," and it's like we don't have those. Well, actually, the computers are just shut down. <laughs> it's like, why hasn't this project been worked on for months? And it's just like, oh yeah, oh you know, we're, I'm gonna start working on those. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna start those today. <laughs> um, yeah, we had um, we had one UFO sighting where uh, some people got terribly irradiated. Right. Uh, in Texas, uh, that that one was the scariest for me. Yeah, that's like <laughs> really that's like yeah, the most was, unsolved. I feel I was like. pulled into that one a lot. Yeah, because I, I was just saying, I think I mean, who knows what happened, but I think something happened because like they they got cancer. <laughs> 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 um, the uh, there was the one where. Um, Oh, what was another one? I'm dying so hard uh, right now. There were uh, a couple con men. Con men, yeah. Yes, the con men were su- oh, yeah. superlative. What? Yeah, I like those. What was your guys' favorite uh, con man? It was, um, it was definitely the the guy who got caught in Tel Aviv 17 oh, years yeah. later. <laughs> no, that wasn't a con man. That was the oh, doctor. I'm dying. That, that was that was <laughs> Dr. Rapin. Oh, God yep. damn it. Oh, that was so horrible. Fuck. Yeah, that one was just truly bleak. No, that was not and my awful. favorite. No, no, it was... Uh, um, yeah, it was the guy who came up with the uh, like computer system mm-hmm. where you can right. preview what you're going to look like with yeah. different hair yeah. colors. And okay, shit. so this is a Eric homie Kessler. who, yeah, Eric Kessler. He's apparently from Hamburg, and his uh, his mo was to seduce women um, into like getting into romantic relationships with him, but also into getting into financial dealings with him, and right. basically giving away their money to him. Under the auspices of like these weird investment opportunities that he presents, and the one, the main um, testimonials by a woman who uh, owned a hair salon, and he, I think he just freestyled on the scene and was like, "Well, you know Seems what? Like- My uh, business partner of mine has got a, uh, <laughs> he's got a new technology that's going to be part of the vanguard of uh, cosmetology, and uh, it's basically just like Photoshop for 1988 or whatever, where you." <laughs> can digitally test out new hairstyles on customers and so she's like oh this is a ga- this is a game changer yeah it basically um, looked like kid pics where you can <laughs> you can put wigs on your your face yep <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable yeah it's unbelievable the reenactment of, of that scene was so good he's drawn on like a wacom tablet but mm-hmm. i think yeah. they just they just put like a piece of plastic down on the table <laughs> for the reenactment yeah and it was like a fucking hot pink uh accents all over the room there were mm. fits there are mid 80s and late 80s fits displays behind Oof. them in, in, inexplicably mm-hmm. um who was the other con man he uh 
That was the guy, Steve Cox. The, the hometown hero. SD Cox. Oh, the, the hometown hero yeah. who took massive investments and then uh, yeah. made like an enemy that he couldn't. <laughs> right. It sounded like a, a pretty basic Ponzi scheme. He'd get everybody's savings and then people who'd need money, he would dole it out slowly to them while floating this pool of cash. Yeah, but it sounds like he got an investor who would kill him if he didn't get his money back. I th- <laughs> except he didn't die. I, that's what I really thought was yeah, going to happen with yeah. that one. I yeah. thought he was going to be dead. The homie took a life insurance policy out on yes. the guy's life who he had given his money to. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which pretty, is <laughs> such a power move. Yeah, yeah it's like Jesus there's going to be a payoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one way <Somewhere>, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that guy got caught, death. right? Yeah, he got caught, what, and like released? Yeah, he got... And did it again. He got <laughs> caught in... Yeah, he got caught in Vegas, I think. Yeah, That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. All the con men, God, my favorite part about the con men, I really like con men and hucksters and mm. racketeers and bilkers and swindlers. <laughs> flim flam men. The, the Grifters, flim flam men. Yeah. Fraudsters. Just, yeah, they're just, uh, they're enigmatic and hilarious characters. And uh, and I, res- I respect a homie that wakes up every morning, just drinks a cold glass of hustle and is like, all right, let's go swindle some people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they're, they're genu- they have to be interesting. Like they yeah. have to be original. They're creative people yeah. by, by it, nature. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you have to be able to freestyle. I mean, you watch like um, something like Glengarry Glenn Ross and the, the end scene where Al Pacino is freestyling with, uh, what's his name's character? Um, Jack... Lemon? Yeah, Jack Lemon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's just like the ability to improvise on your toes like that and keep keep the show going. Mm. It's almost like weaponized entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I mean, it's basically like high levels of creativity and intelligence harnessed for just pure hatred. Yeah, from <laughs> yeah just hatred of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just, riffing. They're just yeah, riffing. Just unadulterated yeah. greed or whatever. Right. Um, but the funny thing about the two characters that we saw, I don't know if this is a case with some of the other con men, is they're always described by like the, um, the host as being like extremely good looking, charming, charismatic. And then they show pictures of these guys and they're like, you just have horrendously grotesque faces, oh, just objectively. Yeah. Which just goes to prove it's all about the, the attitude, the, yeah. the yeah. energy. Yeah, the energy and it the just vibe. Doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't communicate in, in still frame. Do you guys yeah. know any, not con men, but motivational people like that? Because I, I do. I genuinely know somebody who can, who's kind of, I met him at work. And he's <laughs> he's pretty manipulative. Wow. Like, not for, for bad things, not, he's not in a malicious way, but like, he's well, very convincing. Not that you know of. Yeah. I mean, I've traveled with the guy, and we've gotten out of some some interesting situations. What? <laughs> nothing, nothing illegal. Just like, oh, this is nice. What's, the, what's an example of one of the situations? Um, just so being pulled over by police in like Russia, and like okay. immediately on the spot, before, like while the cops walking up, he just like creates a story, and I'm just like, oh, okay, and we just go with it, and it's just like we're gonna ask this guy for directions, and we're gonna just confound him with like pointing at maps and stuff, and asking him if it's this way, and we're just gonna just don't do anything else but that, and like it fucking worked. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, flim flam, yeah, flim flam, like 100% pure flim flam. That's, that's amazing. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely know someone who is like uh, charming on the surface, but is just like a horrendous fucking Ooh. person. You know, Ooh. just like <laughs> huge, brutal. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. Seems to know everybody, but no mm-hmm. one seems to know the, him really. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, just huge 
brutality after uh, a pretty short time period of like yeah. getting close to yeah, you anyone. scratch under the surface layer of uh, of charm and you realize that there's just uh, an infinite morass of darkness and <laughs> and manipulation um, it's hard to keep up exploitation. with all the, the history from those kind of yeah manipulations there's just yeah. a perfectly smooth vanilla shake well it's like yeah i mean it's kind of it's like any good conspiracy um you only get just like you only get the keyhole view into little as like little details and uh and otherwise that the thing is pretty much obfuscated and with with him and with other people i've met like that it's like that but there's also like lower level more amusing versions of that like yeah, in my own life, when I was getting loaded, like I just had to try and be a con man, even though I'm just not inherently cut out for oh, it yeah, at oh, all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think probably I would have like kept using and getting loaded longer than I did if I had just been better at it. You know, <laughs> if I just had more raw talents. But for some reason, being like super fucking loaded and then being hung over all the time and being <laughs> consistently and broke be, and having yeah. like a just trail of tears and lies already <laughs> made it hard to. Because <laughs> well, yeah. some people look. Some people are able to manage those types of situations and really, uh, and it really elevates their game. But for me, it was like I just couldn't really work through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I I think maybe that's part of why I identify with con men. I you know obviously don't condone that type of behavior, but it is amusing on a purely entertainment level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what other stories did we have? There was... Um, uh, there are at least a couple I'm not remembering. Uh, what was the first one yeah, we what watched? What was the first one? I was just <laughs> trying to think of that. Yeah. Uh, was it... We watched, we watched... We, like, started and stopped a bunch of them because they weren't, like... We're trying to get good ones. Yeah, we're trying to get to the good... So I can only think of those, like, voodoo murder and... No, we didn't do voodoo murder yeah, though. No. I mean, the, my favorite still absolutely was the Circleville writer. Oh, that, yeah, uh, that one's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that one. Yeah, um, this is another one where it seems like not that mysterious, uh, but it's like what? It, so basically, it's like uh, po- like poison pen letters start showing up, uh, accusing a bus driver of having an affair with uh, the school superintendent. And Denise Gillespie, I think, yeah, is her name. Yeah, Gillespie, yeah. Gillespie. <laughs> and then her husband gets the letters, so then they they talk to their family about it, and they the family thinks that they know who did it, right? And then the her husband ends up dying. He like he gets a phone call one night from the guy that they think it is. He's loaded, he goes out driving, he fires off one shot, and then they find his truck smashed into a tree. But they, <laughs> they didn't they never found where the shot was fired into or right. who or yeah. R- remember though, he wasn't he didn't appear to be loaded. Right. But then according to the police. But then all of a sudden he apparently had a huge like supreme oh, yeah, that's blood alcohol thing. level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well that was just such like that's I love the little inane details that the uh that people throw into the show or whoever yeah. edits the show throws yep. in. It's just like, he didn't appear to be loaded, but then you find out like you know, three minutes later that he had a blood alcohol level at like 0.16. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just was laughing cause I conflated, I conflated that scene where, um, they, uh, they were like forcing that confession out of the, mm-hmm. oh, um, sure. mentally disabled guy, uh, like teenager. Yeah. With the scene where they're playing Russian roulette in the interrogation room. <laughs> in Shakedown. In, in Shakedown. <laughs> <laughs> Just Pretty much the That's, same yeah, scene. Not yeah, not far away. 
there's a there's a great part in that uh, segment where the original lady, the bus driver, finds a note that says like <laughs> it says her name and it says sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and then she like goes to, to rip it down and then it's connected to a crude booby trap <laughs> that is supposed to shoot a gun. <laughs> it's like a string tied. To the piece of cardboard that said her name sucks. Yeah, and so when you pulled it, it's supposed to pull the trigger, but that doesn't even make sense. It's like, like it something like Wile E. Coyote. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's also, like, it's so crazy. It was crazy. bad as successful, too. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, and it's so crazy because it's like anybody could have investigated that sign, but he's just like, well, it's on her bus route. He's like, well, it's on her bus route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dude who, re- the voice actor who read the letters was just like so, so spectacular. Oh, yeah, that was a great part. Like, that was like one of the best parts of that thing was the way that they showed the actual letters and then how it was written, like the style it was written and all the, the only punctuation that was used was colons. So <laughs> there's a part when... Okay, it, I wasn't crazy. That was really strange. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, so like her, what, who's the guy that gets arrested for? Is that her brother-in-law? Oh, you her, loved his Her name. brother-in-law, yeah. Yeah. You loved his name. Oh, what was yeah, his name? It was, was Freshour. Paul Freshour? Yeah, like Freshour. Freshour. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets arrested. Yeah. It's pretty clear that he's not the real guy it's who's kind doing of, it. It's minty, right? That is oh, yeah, minty. yeah, it's a fresh hour. <laughs> We've entered the fresh hour. <laughs> <laughs> he gets arrested. They still keep getting the letters. Uh, even like when... He's been in jail for like seven yeah, years seven or something. seven years, and the letters are coming from a, a totally different place. Well, yeah. and it's totally bonkers. He has a fucking alibi from right, putting the sign up and like writing some of the letters, and it, the court just completely ignores it. And, and then he gets a letter to himself that says, like, uh, when we when we set him up, they stay set up. Ha, colon, <laughs> ha, colon. Oh, no, 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 it's like, don't you get it? Yeah. You're not supposed to get out. You're going to be staying in. Nobody ha. wants you to get ha. out. Yeah, yeah, it said that. That's like so. That makes me think it's like a teenager. That's like such a weirdly punitive thing. We don't, we don't even lack you. We want you to stay yeah. in there. So after like six or seven years of being in, in prison in jail, uh, he's up for parole, and he doesn't get parole because the number of letters go up, even though he's yeah. he's locked in there. They're checking all his mail. Makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It starts out with the letters accusing this bus bus driver of cheating on her husband with the superintendent of the school that she drives the bus for. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, the letters go to her husband too. And they're just like, you haven't done anything about your wife's affair. Right. And it's been two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, what did he want? Uh, you then, are in danger. Fucking <laughs> Denise, or whatever her name is, Gillespie, she... Finally, later, after denying it for a while, admits to having an affair with the superintendent, but says that o- it only started after the letters that started. Oh yeah, I like to think that that's story. true. And they had like some weird rom com like meet cute thing. <laughs> like hell, well, it, it could it, work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like hell. I mean, the way the the way this guy puts it, it sounds like it could be a pretty I mean, good this idea. guy's this guy might be a little crazy, but he's got some good ideas. <laughs> Matchmaker. <laughs> I'm so mad that like all the other letters because there's. It sounded like it was a, over a period of 18 years uh, that this guy was writing letters, yeah. and then it was uh, they didn't read nearly enough of them. This yeah, guy was like a yeah, he was like a bootleg zodiac. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. It also reminded me of um, a serious man where he's getting all yeah. those letters like saying oh for sure God. all the shit about him so he won't get tenure. <laughs> so tight. Yeah. God, I love that movie. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's like just a real life serious man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God. Um, and that one also, that that segment also really seemed to uh, incriminate the, the 
town sheriff because like one of the mm-hmm. first letters that they showed was like leave sheriff radcliffe alone <laughs> it's like why wouldn't you check that out because yeah. he had like a large part in the in getting fresh hour locked up too he also yeah. was the one wasn't he the one who was just like oh yeah for sure an accident yeah <laughs> <laughs> like who knows <laughs> that was like, him. oh i think oh yeah 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 uh, no, and then it was in the one where the woman, uh, everyone thought the woman was harming herself, and then she just ended up overdosed and, like, chopped up and tied up. Oh, man. And the coroner was, like, she died from an unknown event. <laughs> right, that was that was the update to it. That was, like, what they figured yeah. out after all this time. At first they said it was suicide, and then they kind of took a step back and said it was unknown. <laughs> <laughs> unknown event. Yeah. 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 Very encouraging. That one was so, so bad. <laughs> yeah. And then what finally gets uh, Fresh Hour acquitted is that uh some new evidence comes forth by on the on behalf of one of the other bus drivers who right. had driven by the driven by the scene where the sign was Just on the side of the road like 20 day. minutes yeah. beforehand and there was a guy in a yellow El Camino. <laughs> so <laughs> just putting up the sign. So yeah, basically saw him do it, and which, then when she drove by, he turned to look like he was taking a whiz. Which is just, like, so fucking baffling that that evidence didn't come forward until, like, 10 years or whatever after the crime, because, like, it, the way they describe it is, like, this fucking story just hijacked the attention of the town yeah, for years. You know, it's like a small town in Ohio. It was Aurora, Ohio, or something, right? Or Lima? Uh, Circle, Circleville. Lima. Oh, yeah, Circleville. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that Aurora was a different place. And Lima was a different of, place, yeah. too. <laughs> so oh, that was where the prison was. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, anyways, so it's, yeah. A lot of these stories have shit like that, where it's just just the uh, the level of bungling on behalf of the characters involved is just unbelievable. Ex- extremely fucked and gross. <laughs> <images>. <laughs> um, ha. <laughs> just the camera zooming into the <laughs> to the words um so tell what were some good names for you uh, ab um yeah i mean we said fresh hour was cool i mean what uh, about otto hank or whatever what was his name otto uh it was a one word last name God, i should have just... written some of these down yeah, yeah there, i mean there were so many i mean it was like it, until Fresh Hour, I think almost every last name that we saw by uh, a testimonial was like was just a one syllable last name. They were all like <laughs> Strap and Buck and Oh yeah, <laughs> Yate and like there was an Agnes and there was like a yeah, there was um, that. damn. There were some f- straight old brands, some like straight oh, yeah. Midwestern '80s old brands. I just oh, yeah. remembered the first thing that we watched was the the Voice from the Dead. Oh yeah, that one was uh, that one was pretty ludicrous. That's like yeah. supposed to be like a top ten episode. It was just yeah. basically this lady, this lady's murdered in a pretty like absurd, like outrageous way. Teresita, yeah, yes. Teresita. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone who knew her worked with her. Worked with her in her sleep. Uh, just tells her husband that like identifies the killer, and then the killer also works with her. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who knows? Anyway, that is, yeah, that was. It just seems like somebody who knew some information didn't want to give it away. Yeah, but that apparition they... reenactment was pretty tight to me. Pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, a fundamental thing about watching this show is that if, like, if you are thinking about watching this show, an important thing for you to consider is that, like, it's hard to find a good 
uh, a good episode if you're looking. But mm, if yeah. you stop looking and yes. you just let it wash over you because you've just uh, you've your eyes have glazed over and your brain has become gelatinous, which It'll is kind out. of what I think happened, at yeah. least to me. Yeah. That's yeah. why I can't remember any of these extraordinary names. It's <laughs> yeah. just like it's all it's a wash right now. Like it's just another insane face with a f- crazy ass name, and then they're just saying something. It just seems so preposterous, and then just cut to the next one, and then <laughs> cut to like a police officer doing something fucked up and then cut to um homie and just the fitted trench coat looking wow. you right in the eye telling you something that just cuts you to yeah, the core just emerging from like a misty courtroom or <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know where all those sets were i mean he's in a new place every time basically oh yeah yeah and it's clearly a set there's like people talking in the background but you can't hear anything <laughs> right just yeah. extras it do you remember like an office but it's not yeah. <laughs> right yeah do you remember any of the names um yeah i'm trying to remember Otto's last name <laughs> it sounded like a process it was like auto link or something yeah. <laughs> or crazy like that no it wasn't it was like what was what's, the, what's the host name again robert, robert stack robert stack yeah dude that's a like, stack name dude, robert stack <laughs> Uh, so what else? It um, was like auto lack. It was like I remember. It sure, it was like some sack. IKEA type shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, what were some other quality moments from these apps? Uh, I just why did you guys like the one where they they thought the kid burned down the house so much? I thought it. I kept thinking like something like a bigger twist was coming or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there kind of was a little bit of a twist, but it was just that the police told the kid exactly what to say for his confession. It was just sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like, it's comfortable to see your biases confirmed. Sure. <laughs> There's a certain allure in that. I think I was just waiting for the wrap-up where it, like, yeah. they let him out of jail. Right. Everything was okay. Yeah. yeah. I did appreciate that one guy, the prisoner who... Uh, Stood up for him. Yeah. And actually got him out of jail. The guy who looks like Snake. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a stand-up type of guy, for sure. He had nothing to lose there. <laughs> He's probably lying. <laughs> so what are some unsolved mysteries in our lives? <laughs> this oh, is man. all I got. I'm running on fumes. You got it, baby. We're here We're here with you. I don't know We've what... been coaching you through this whole experience, really, and it's not going to stop now. I legitimately thought that my parents' house was haunted. Uh, I definitely think that. Like, I used to hear... Um, this was also a period of uh, intense psychological stress, but, like, I used to hear, um, like, footsteps on the ground floor when everybody supposedly was supposed to be asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it might have been, like, one of my family members sneaking around. Or I don't know what it would have been, but apparently the people who lived in the house before us went completely insane wow. and died. Wow. Uh, Perfect. And so... Well, <laughs> you know, that might explain it. Um, so, yeah, I swear to God, I was hearing footsteps downstairs all the time in the kitchen, which was directly below my room. And I remember one point uh, thinking that like there were there was like a voice in the heat vent that was like whispering to me. Oh God! <laughs> Whoa. Did oh, he yeah. say your name? No, it was, and it wasn't even like I. It wasn't even intelligible words. Oh, okay. It was just because I was like l- like dying of anxiety and had like all sorts of crazy shit going on. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> but I remember the um, when my parents sold the house and I went there. Uh, the house was basically empty and I went there to get stuff that I still had there and like tried to figure out what I wanted to keep and get rid of. When I left the house, I had like 
overwhelming fear and like felt like there was something that was screaming at me to get out of the wow. house. Uh, and so it's easy to just chalk that kind of thing up to just some type of psychological condition, which is not inappropriate in my case. But there is a particular flavor to those exact experiences. And, you know, it's been a bumpy ride the whole way <laughs> for me, for your boy. Um, like, I should have showed up here today and thought your, your place was on it. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of being just completely brutal. No, but I... Uh, I mean, b- based on this understanding of your history, we wouldn't have blamed you <laughs> now with some context. But yeah, that house always is pro- will probably always intrigue me because, oh man, the other thing is when we uh, went to look at the house before we moved in, in the basement, there was a... Um, uh, there was a couple rooms. There was like a, a laundry room and like a, a storage space. And then there was this thing that had been converted into kind of like a uh, a one bedroom apartment, but it wasn't an apartment. It was just like this living room kind of kitchenette area. And then there was a door that went back to this like pretty small bedroom in the back. Uh, and apparently, like the family that had lived there, their son um, had lived there. And when I, and it was it was all pretty much empty. He never left there. He'd been locked in there. Dude, I swear to God, we had gotten the house for the very first time, and we walked. And I I walked into that back room, and it was like yellow carpet. There was no, white walls. There was nothing in it. And I was like, something fucking terrible has happened in this Oof. room. It was so bleak. The Ugh. psychic energy in the room, <laughs> and it was like bright, really bare, gross lighting. And yeah. it was just the kind of thing where you can just imagine that something fucking just Ugh. awful happened in there. Yeah. Uh, but I. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what age? Probably for the better. You, yeah. What ages did you live? Oh, this house? was like uh, seventh grade uh, through the end of college. Oh wow. Yeah. Actually, pretty far in you know past past college. Yeah. Because um, okay. I didn't go back to move my stuff out until about twenty four. Okay. Oh well, what do you like? So you moved in when you were like in seventh grade. Yeah, or eighth grade. Yeah. Eight, okay. Yeah. That's a perfect time to be just like out of your mind, stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yeah and just like that. Yeah. Just like I guess projecting, but. I honestly like I really do think like there was a flavor to that to that yeah. house that I never I've never experienced in any other place in my I don't, life probably. I don't think that's crazy like I don't know. You know. Thanks man. <laughs> there, Thanks, I dude. feel like you're probably right. There probably was some very dark shit that happened. <laughs> uh well, yeah. Does it ring a bell for anyone I'm in their own lives? <laughs> like I keep thinking of stuff that is just like has gone unrecorded in my life and will never come back, but it's not like really unsolved, right. you know? Like one time I saw like at school, uh, the the like the kind of school resident weird girl um, do like a talent show audition where she played a cassette tape of someone playing piano uh, the song Memory from Cats and sang it, and it was like this incredibly haunting thing because like the the piano recording was like really old and and weird, so it was like changing speed and like her voice was like really high pitched, and it was just like this really intense, strange moment of like kind of transcendent beauty from this person who had always just been treated like kind of garbage at school, and it was really cool, and then. It's. I think I'm the only person that like. You're like, is anybody else hearing this? Yeah, I don't. Or I, recognizing it for what it is. Because I might have been backstage or something, like working on I don't know some like band kid shit that I was just. They, I happened to be there at the right time, you know. Yeah. So like stuff like that. Uh, one time, me and a group of friends went into a house that was still under construction, and we found like a homeless guy's lair, and <laughs> that, that was pretty crazy. There was like really weird stuff, like a Ziploc bag just full of keys. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, definitely like syringes and stuff. It was like also like a George Harrison pin for, for the album Dark Horse. It was like a George Harrison lapel pin. That's the that's the most mysterious part right. of uh, 
of all yeah. of the things that he left behind. Full disclosure, I did steal that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I, I repent. You it. stole this guy's we, most cherished possession. We solved that mystery. Yeah, that's a, that's a solved mystery. <laughs> if anybody knows about this guy, knows him, please let him know. It was a weird Zach place for a homeless guy to live in because it would be. It was like a residential suburban neighborhood, so it's not like there was you know kind of place for like that right. so it, he had to be like deep <laughs> somewhere <laughs> he was deep in the game yeah yeah that god that story of the <laughs> the girl at the talent show is, yeah that was actually tight that wild. was a good one yeah I, I, I was always kind of the person that wanted to see a ghost like i'd be down to see it like but i have not yeah i think the weirdest thing for me the most uh, unsolved mystery in my life would be um uh, when i got this house that we're all in right now um the basement was completely unfinished and on all the walls it just had so many outlets just up and down the walls Whoa. we're talking like this wall here you know like 15 feet long uh had maybe uh nine outlets on it <laughs> some and some were really high some are like i want to say five feet up and then you got a really zooted contractor who put this thing together <laughs> And then uh, it was just open rafters for the, uh, you know, the ceiling for the basement. And, uh, and there were a bunch of cables, a bunch of phone cables. And uh, when I was cleaning it out to renovate, kind of like tracked down all the cables and they all went to like, uh, like a phone router kind of thing. Oh. And it was numbered and it listed all of the lines that they had. And there were like six, six or seven phone lines coming to the basement. So I, I just really want to know what Damn. this like grandpa who used to live here was up to. Like, did that, he have like a phone sex operation? Yeah, that's or... also something. Like, that's an operation for sure. Like to have right. that many outlets and that many lines. That's like business is going on. Yeah, and the fact that he had it in the basement too. Right. Yeah. It yeah. it has a sort of sub rosa yeah. underground quality. Yep. For sure. There was no explanation when you bought it. No. They didn't show it to you. They were like, check out. (laughs) I mean, they saw what I saw. I was like, oh, that's strange. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. You can do a call center if you want. There there was an addendum written on the the architectural documents. Now that you've actually signed for the house, we'll tell you the actual secrets. Yeah. 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 The addendum's just written in blood. When I sell sell the house, I'll I'll do something like that. (laughs) There'll be post-signing secrets that's tight. <laughs> and he was the only guy that had ever owned it i don't or that's just the I only one that, I, that they told you about yeah okay is there no there's no cleveland gothic um well i mean your story of the house reminded me of when i moved into the house that i spent most of my high school years in my, when my parents got separated my mom moved into this really like this really old um probably early 20th century house in in on the east side of Cleveland and my bedroom had basically just like this 45 degree slanted ceiling and I could only stand up straight in it for like you know in a, like maybe a 5 foot by 3 foot space and um and there was this heater that basically just sounded like a human breathing like oh, yeah. like it was like beyond uncanny and when we first moved in it was like february in cleveland incredibly cold and bleak Uh, (laughs) and you know my family has basically fallen apart before my eyes abruptly and there's just this breathing heater and then uh, a wind dial that was right above the bedroom as well that would just just made these squeaking noises I mean it was like yeah it was like a it was a stereotype of like a horror scene you know and so I had to like 
anthropomorphize and, and personalize the uh, the heater and the wind dial by just naming them Jonathan and Pedro. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was how I got through that experience. <laughs> That's um, a good move, dude. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, it helped. It yeah. legitimately helped. Um, but then I, God, yeah, this is one. Well, this is one of those things. This next story is one of those things that just like I think, yeah, it is an unsolved mystery. It will nice. always be beyond explanation i think um no evidence will come forward that'll resolve this one but uh basically um when i first moved out to washington i had this incredibly vivid dream that like um that i was on the top of the clock tower of my old elementary school and i was looking over um like the town that i grew up in and there was just a uh there was like an even uniform just floor of clouds over the town, except there was a few like um, steeple spires and stuff poking out over the top. And and I got and I in the dream I received a letter from my mom's ex girlfriend, and um, this is fr- from a person that you know I hadn't talked to in probably like eight years, and uh, hadn't had any like semblance of contact with. And literally the next day, I got a Facebook message from her. I hadn't, like, thought about her in, in an extremely long time. Like, I mean, she was a formative influence on me when I was in, in high school and stuff, but it was uh, it was just one of those really bizarre serendipitous or, yeah, I don't know. Synchronicity. Yeah, there was, like, a weird synchronicity going on, and uh, I don't know what that's yeah. all about. That's fucking I don't know how that works, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm... Yeah. It's that's... no lie. I'm, I've, I always self-described as a kid um, after denouncing my parents' Catholicism that I was a realist and that shit boggled my mind. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Let's say that you denounced it. (laughs) I I denounced your Catholicism. (laughs) It was more like I refused to go to Sunday school because this shit is so fucking washed. (laughs) Yeah, that is about the driest place you could be. It's so dry, yeah. (laughs) My inner wet boy was just screaming to get out. Uh, Andy, tell us about the nudist con man. Oh, yeah, because we didn't get to watch this, but I'm very interested uh, I mean, in this. You, yeah. you might have to help me on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, just paint us a picture, both of you guys. <laughs> was it was it the same guy as the, uh, the video store? Yeah, I think okay. so. And I mean, like, so the big thing is that he did what all the other con men did on the show, which is that he got people to invest with him, and then just the money would just disappear, except the, the novelty is that he's, like, a well-respected member of a nudist colony. Oh um, yeah, and his uh, his particular angle besides getting money from people was that he would um, sell things multiple times. So he would sell a car to somebody and then be like, "Yeah, I'll get you the deed soon." And then he would drive it over across town and sell it to somebody else. Wow! <laughs> Pro- wow. Pro- <laughs> and he somehow opened up this video store that was just all VHS tapes. And yeah. I don't know how he managed to do that with the tapes too, but I don't know. Yeah, he sold it like literally three times to three different people. Yeah, he liquidated it to like a bunch of different yeah. people <laughs> like sold it to the bank and then sold it to some guy and sold it to some other business man. and it was like a tax it, it was like a tax thing where he would sell a videotape to someone and then they would sell it back to him for less or something like that um genius, genius. but yeah they're all naked while this is happening <laughs> <laughs> so yeah would you say that's your favorite episode i think so far of the ones that haven't traumatized me as a child that would be uh-huh. yeah that would be the one. 
That one's pretty goofy and mm-hmm. amusing. Yeah, it's... in a benign way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did? How did that work with like selling the car? Because like eventually, like you'd be like, "Well, where's my? Where's the car? Let, fuck the deed. What about the car?" Oh yeah, for sure. But then he just bounces, right? right That's right. the whole thing. But yeah, you have to know when to exit. <laughs> you also have to know like when you've got a mark on your hands. Oh yeah. You know, like that's such a big part of being a con man successfully is just being able to, with very little evidence, identify a mark. Yes. <laughs> or a non-mark. Or and just back know out. when to run when it's like not <laughs> yeah. going to You know a lot out. about yeah. the deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I really admire a con man. And, uh, this is how you do it. Uh, you've really got to be able to t- find your mark. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe what I said earlier about not being inherently good at it is isn't just, true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Do you guys ever say, like, just, like, give incorrect factoids to really credulous friends? Like, because when you talked about, like, knowing a mark, I thought of, in my own life, there's for sure times when, like, I'll be talking about something and someone displays, like, so little knowledge about it that I'm like, I think I could just say anything and they'll believe yeah. me. And oh, then yeah. you do. And then it's just a practice for me about like how deadpan I can do it. Like <laughs> how little facial expression I can give. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, then you tell them like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> that's like I'll, when I, that's like when I told Brit that, uh, my grandmother died from Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, yeah, I thought that was just a joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was, but it was like, she I said you? it really deadpan. Yeah. She believed it at first. You know? See, that's the thing. You have to, to get it like I told friends that like another friend who worked for a, a like a distillery that his job at the distillery was to carry sacks of potatoes up like this spiral staircase and drop them into a huge potato like crusher <laughs> right. to to make the vodka. <laughs> the the story that Alex is talking about is Britt was talking about how she would have loved to have been on the team that had helped launch the Crunchwrap Supreme. Nice. <laughs> and then Alex immediately said, "Oh." My grandmother was killed by a Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Britt was like, really? You believe that? That's tight. Yeah, See, I mean, that's, it was, that's perfect. It was very, yeah, it was a very brief moment of credulousness on right. her part. Sure, but. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is you don't want to let it go on too long. Because yeah, because then, then become, it's cruel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all about the deadpan delivery as well. And like my yeah, friends know me for that. Yeah, you bet you can pull it off. Maybe con artists just they do the joke thing for a while and they like realize like hey i could i could i could do something with this and they go with it <laughs> yeah yeah we're just we're amateurs right yeah we're I mean, uh, hobbyists to yeah. be on- honestly though Tourists. like when i feel like someone knows so little about something that i can just say anything it bums me out oh yeah because i'm just like well what are we going to talk about god yeah, damn it. Talking <laughs> about it well dummy. i guess i'm talking about really specific things you know mm-hmm. like somebody mm-hmm. else's job or something like that like but <laughs> where there's no way they could really know but yeah i know what you mean i felt that too that's like a different that's a that's a hit the escape fucking lever on that one <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know what else do you think do you think you can you can be a, a good con artist like use your powers for good no is there a good confidence trickster no uh robin hood, robin hood? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah well yeah I think you have to be like kind of morally bankrupt to really get into it as a career. So yeah, it's it a, it's a kind of fundamentally like anti-humanistic kind of way of approaching life and r- relationships. It would be all, cool. It's all founded on lies. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the classic example would be like a spy for an right. intelligence agency, but like there's nothing tight about that. It's not for no. good. No, <laughs> no, and you, I mean, you read about 
like modern intelligence agencies and the national security apparatus, and it's like they're bunglers too. Like, oh, they're for sure. Completely oh, yeah. fucking inept. Like, and there's a mil- million cases of anecdotal evidence that support that. You know, yeah, they're I not, think we saw they're not Jason Bourne type homies. <laughs> it's know? true, and they're not even good con men. I don't even think they're on the level of Eric Kessler. A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> that homie should have been hired by the CIA. <laughs> uh, Melville wrote a um, a book called The Confidence Man, which is mm. oh, just yeah, about you a told co- me about this. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's about a, um, a a con man who goes on like a steamboat cruise, and he's just like you know messing with people. And uh, it's actually like an intensely difficult uh, book to follow. It's, it's actually a really brutal read. Um, well, what, because you just get caught in his web of lies? Or no. <laughs> no, it's because the way things are described is very confusing. It's really hard to figure out like in a given scene, like who is where and what's happening. Mm-hmm. What uh, their motivations are. Yeah, or just like suddenly he's in one room and now he's in a different room. And it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but uh, there is... Um, I can't find the list of chapters, but I know the last chapter title is The Cosmopolitan Increases in Seriousness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of others. I'm going to look them up real quick. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how they describe Eric Kessler. Is he's, he's charming. He's handsome. He uh, is cosmopolitan. He's got a European accent, which... He kept reminding me, or like just his... His like European accent and the way that no one really knew anything about him kept just bringing to mind uh, Tommy Wiseau. I, yeah, who <laughs> <laughs> is a fucking unsolved yes. mystery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. His bank account yeah. is a bottomless pit. <laughs> no, it's okay. I have a pub in LA too. It's no big deal. You know, we could just go there. You can, st- you can stay there. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a true. I mean, he kind of. Well, it's not. I don't know if he's not. He's not really a con man because he's not really making money. But he definitely con people into. It seems like he. he could have a con story. Like, there yeah. could be something... He could slip into that pretty easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. but or we could I, hear about it. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't seem... He doesn't seem aware enough. True. I think true. he's <laughs> he's kind of... He's a con man, but he's, like, also conning himself. Is he the good con man that I was asking about? <laughs> Maybe. Like, dude, Tommy Wiseau, so, he's not a good person. <laughs> no, all, he's... So. Yeah. yeah, AO and I both read The Disaster Artist, and uh, a there's a lot of incriminating yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, in that book. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Uh... <laughs> chapter two. This is the table of contents, the different chapters for The Confidence Man by uh, Herman Melville. Chapter two, showing that many men have many minds. <laughs> chapter five, the man with the weed makes it an even question whether he be a great sage or a great simpleton. That's such a long yeah. chapter title. Holy shit. Uh, chapter seven, identifying a mark. At the outset of which, chapter six, at the outset of which certain passengers prove deaf to the call of charity. <laughs> Are those non-marks? They're, they're not willing up to uh, hand over their entire savings to the confidence man? No, chapter nine, two businessmen transact a little business. Hell nice. yeah. Chapter 11, only a page or so. <laughs> These are pretty like self-aware chapter titles. <laughs> yeah, dude. Chapter thirteen: The man with the traveling cap uh, evinces much humanity, and in a way which would seem to show him to be one of the most logical of optimists. <laughs> wow. is, is the story in first person? Uh, no, no. That'd be too simple. Chapter fourteen: Worth the consideration of those to whom it may prove worth considering. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> chapter fifteen: An old miser upon suitable representations is prevailed upon to venture and investment. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Classic con man no, shit. No, no shit. God. Uh, chapter eighteen: Inquest into the true character of the herb doctor. Um, 
<laughs> God, they just keep going. I mean, oh, I'm. Uh, let me see here. Um, in the <laughs> chapter in which the powerful effect of natural scenery is evinced in the case of the Missourian, who, in the view of religion, in view, uh, God, I can't even talk. I'm <laughs> chapter containing the mes- metaphysics of Indian hating, according to the views of one not evidently so uh, prepossessed as Rousseau in favor of savages. God, wow, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. What is that like? Uh, old school European primitivism, <laughs> yeah, anarcho primitivism before John Zerzan or whatever. Chapter uh, twenty-seven: Some account of a man of questionable morality, but who nevertheless would seem entitled to the esteem of that eminent English moralist who said he liked a good hater. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wait, so it seems like all these chapter titles are like written by the confidence man, though. Yeah, I mean that's the. It seems like he's just wreck. Recollecting, I recollect uh, different characters and people on the boat. Well, uh, supposedly Melville wrote the character um, to rip off or brutal just uh, people that Melville hated in real uh, life. Uh, that's a good move as a writer. Just writing a book that's just uh, a tome of your grievances and resentments. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 35, in I which like the that. cosmopolitan tells the story of a gentleman madman. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. So I, th- I feel like, yeah, just, just. I, th- I think we're probably signing off soon, but I will say that we're we're all in Seattle here now, and Seattle is a city that its history I've I've studied quite a bit for weird reasons, and uh, and in a lot of ways the early settlers, like white European settlers in Seattle, many of them were had con men characteristics. Um, Doc Maynard was uh, actually kind of kind of money, um, but he was also a major alcoholic and sort of a grifter. But Henry Henry Yesler, um, I remember reading that he actually just said uh, at one point in like an interview that he, he learned early on in his business dealings um, that that when you get a loan, you just don't pay it back. Because <laughs> back then, you know, if you get a loan from somebody in Ohio. And you're in the Northwest. You know they've got to hunt you down. They got to, they got to file a lawsuit against you through a different municipal court. Um, <laughs> so you just don't pay him back. And he actually got the uh, the city of Seattle to like to entirely subsidize the construction of one of his sawmills. Wow. Um, yeah, and ended up becoming like the wealthiest person in Seattle um, amongst the. Uh, you know, early settlers, even more so than Arthur Denny, who owned like a major portion of the city. So like, yeah, man. And then there's, and if you read a book called um, Skid Row, you can, you can read about so many other accounts of grifters and um, swindlers that, that founded Seattle, um, or the Seattle that we know today. Thankfully, no one who lives in Seattle now is a swindler. <laughs> None of the prevailing economic trends in Seattle uh, could possibly be uh, implicated in any type of swindling. Yeah, it's a yeah. good thing we left that in our coattails. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, in our wake.